Episode 119 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by Shudder. To try Shudder for 30 days, go to Shudder, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com slash podcast and use promo code OutlanderCast. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And you know, I think I'm starting to get a little bit of a man crush on David Barry. Just a little bit? Just not even like a big old one because not- that's where I'm at, and I don't even, I'm not even a man to have a man crush. <laughs> no, you see, uh, my man crush, like my major man crushes, yeah. are reserved for the likes of Benedict Cumberbatch. And uh, Michael Fassbender. So you're just saying the more that you see of David Barry, that crush will probably continue to grow. Right. Okay. Right. I, and, and and it's happening. It's slowly beginning. Yeah. Uh, for the same. Well, for a number of reasons. He's a, a, a fine actor. Did a great job in oh, season three as Lord John Gray. But you know, there is something that I just learned, as a matter of fact. That not not only is he like super hunky, you know, and he like he, he's a good looking man. He is. He, he's he's vampire esque. Yes. Okay. Without the sparkles, but yes. But the man can sing. The man can sing. That went, he can. Went to school for it. Did the whole thing, and that somehow became an actor. I don't know how he did it, but he did. And uh, we may or may not. We do. Have a surprise for you. We do. At the. <laughs> Wait. Way to kill it. Okay, there you go. That's a professional tease. So this is like a super exciting Droughtlander episode because if you're anything like me, Droughtlander has taken so flippin' long, I feel like I could have done a lot of things instead of doing what I do, which Mm -hmm. is rewatch Outlander and listen to the soundtrack and (laughs) reread the books, but that's been a lot of fun. But listen, maybe you've been someone who's fortunate enough during Droughtlander to go to an Outlander event, Okay. Sure. Maybe, maybe you are. Maybe you're one of those special people and you get to do fun things and see fun people and get fun swag. But if you're like the rest of us and you've just been... The rest of us jabronis. In the drought, okay? In the straight up drought <laughs> and you are thirsting for oh, some Outlander man. stuff. We're really excited because this episode is for you. This episode is for those of you who are thirsty. <laughs> and not like not like Instagram or Twitter thirsty. This no, is like, well, I, this is just Outlander I mean thirsty. like... Like yeah, like you're you're like gosh, I wish I could go to one of those events and right. see people and do all the things. Right. This is for you guys. So we were actually fortunate enough to have some representatives at one of these amazing events, uh, and it was actually Angela Hickey and Karen Rutledge uh, who were at the an event produced by Kim Stewart Perman, who who actually owns this thing called Novel Adventures, and it was at the Mast Farm in 
down in North Carolina. Now, Angela is part of our Street Squad. Street Squad members giving y'all a huge high five over the podcast airwaves. Street Squad members are people who get to go to these events that we all jealous about. You know, you know. And they go <laughs> and they help rep about OutlanderCast. And Karen Rutledge is one of our amazing bloggers here at OutlanderCast. So we're going to actually be having a piece on the blog highlighting all the fabulous details of this event and why you should absolutely be going next year if you can. Aside from the fact that they have a special guest every year. So, for example, last year they had Caesar Domboy. And this year, of course, it was naturally David Barry. Which is why we're all here today. Because as you saw in the title of this fantastic award-winning podcast, we had a brief chat. Well, not we, Mary and I. Actually, Angela Hickey had a brief chat with David Barry. We were there in we were there in spirit. spirit. And Angela. Just like all of you who were there in spirit. Guys, seriously, <laughs> I'm I'm giving y'all a big hug because we're here in the drought with you. And this is how we get through this together. We're all in this together. High school musical style. We're all in this together. That's I right. should not be singing. Anyway. Nope. I I <laughs> I <laughs> I am not David Berry, okay? And you're gonna find out why at the end of this episode. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, a, a big <laughs> shout out, uh, obviously, to Karen for being there. As Mary said, we're going to have a great uh, article about the event, uh, the gathering at the Ridge, but also to Angela Hickey for uh, arranging this little uh, few questions with David and recording the audio for us so we could get this out on the podcast. All right. So you ready to jump into the interview? Yes. Uh, let's Let's get to it. All right, so before we get into the episode first, I just wanted to say that we are not actually including Angela's voice in the questions, and the reason why we're not is because there was a lot of background background noise as this interview was happening. And Angela wisely made sure that the better audio quality would come from David himself. So So. actually, he was holding the microphone as she was asking. So what we're going to do is we're going to be asking these questions. Well, we're going to be telling you the questions. We're going to be telling you the questions that she asked, and then we're going to play David's response. And then we're going to have a few discussion points along the road as we listen to his discussion points. Yeah, so for example... The first question. This, this one was about, uh, so David Barry did not read Outlander before he started this role of mm-hmm. Lord John Gray, but then he finally sat down, read them, and read the subsequent Lord John Gray novels. Right. So Angela asked, you know, did this help inform him of his performance in any way? I did. I mean, it, I did prep more. I don't know how it affected my performance. I leave that to the audience to kind of uh, to make up their minds. For me personally, I think I guess it fleshed out a little more detail. But um, I think it, what's important for an actor is to always act on instinct and to act from their gut. So it's your connection with that character from a gut gut level. So that's what I try to try to keep, um, regardless of the amount of research, because um, I think that's what's important and that's what's going to give you the good performance. So I really like this answer and it's actually quite a quite a good um quite a good question and i like it because there is a distinct difference in in reading these novels and then not reading these novels and the fact that he could act from his gut either way Mm -hmm. is important and did you 
I mean, did you like his portrayal in season three? Yes. I mean, yes. Even without him reading the books? Yes. Why? I mean, what, what about David Barry do you think was important to this character? Oh, man. He really got this amazing balance that is Lord John Gray, the strength, mm-hmm. and yet this... Um, Passion. Mm-hmm. Ooh, passion. Look Beautiful at you. Beautiful passion. Sure. And appreciation um, of someone that he loves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I don't know. I, I feel I feel like you often can't, and as a gay man, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, he was just able to balance his character so beautifully so that, um, I don't know, he, I think he did a fantastic job. I, if, so, yes. Yeah, for myself, too, I think, you know, David, uh, again, <laughs> Uh, a good-looking man. He 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 he's got all the tools. Okay, we'll put it that way. Got all the tools. He's got all the tools. What does that even he, he's, mean? He's a, he's a five. You know, in the, in context of baseball, he's a five-tool player. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Continue. But what I'm getting at is what I liked about Lord John and and David Barry's performance in season three was I thought it was a very sincere performance. Mm. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like. They were trying to put a guy in a role that was incapable of fulfilling that role. You had to have a certain bit of uh, masculinity in that role, and I think David Barry has that. I think mm-hmm. he he can pull off being tough. Like when he when he uh, remember uh, actually in our season three finale party, the only time that the entire crowd got up and started cheering was when David Barry, as Lord John Gray, tells off the lieutenant lieutenant being like, "Hey, go you know." Pfft, Go pound, pound sand, sand, you know. <laughs> Take you. a hike. I got you. Everybody cheered for that, and it was believable. But he also needed to be a little vulnerable because you a wouldn't. Lot vulnerable. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to believe those scenes with with Jamie or or Sam uh, when he's having, a, you know, um, a show of affection, mm-hmm. and I don't mean like. You know, I I, I want to you know have relations, but just affection in general. Like yeah. when when he's like, "I'll take care of your kid. Don't yeah. worry about it." That to me, uh, I think is something. Without seeing much of David Barry's work outside of Outlander, agreed. I feel like that is pretty natural to this guy, mm-hmm. and I I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed his performance because I I will say this. To me, I I hate when people like when actors are just generically good looking. Like they're just good looking because they're good look. I, you do, yes. do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, like you were cast for this because you're beautiful. Yeah, and like you're just generic. You're just like any other good looking. Like, <laughs> like what? We were watching Mission Impossible. Yep. We were watching Mission Impossible. Yep. Uh, Rogue Nation, and Mary noticed one of the one of the henchmen. Oh my god! <laughs> she was calling contour him guy. Contour guy. Contour guy is one of the henchmen that Ethan Hunt kills uh, in the rafters. Only reason he was in I'm his because no, he was gorgeous. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't in the rafters. It was in the the, the guy gets killed in the yeah, sound booth in the sound booth uh, at the opera scene, and Mary's calling him contour guy because he was just generically good looking. That's it, he, and he had the perfect cheekbone structure. And I was like, of course, they they don't get like the fat guy who's got pock marks all over his cheeks, <laughs> who might have like a little bump on his nose. No, nope, they got perfect, perfectly contoured, chiseled. You know, guy right <laughs> not there. not Stan from the yeah. Americans. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So I, w- what I'm getting at is, I was afraid when I saw him that he was almost a little tad generically good looking, but he he brought 
the uh, he he brought the performance. I thought truly. he was. I thought he was really truly great. So of course, since David then did read the books, uh, you know, the question of course comes up: like, what does he think now of Diana's writing? And did anything in her portrayals of these characters surprise him? I thought she's got a definitely consistency to what she's she's writing. I mean, um, the books are always rooted in history, and um, they have uh, you know epic narratives and plots. Uh, what struck me about the Lord John ones is the, that character's voice um, is that uh, the amount of humor that she's able to put into that, as well as the mystery component, which I love, like the kind of detective novel um, uh, component to those those novels. And I think it's a nice kind of like more contained story, which is what I noticed from reading those. First off, can we just give major props to that bagpipe player? <laughs> Bring it it. Straight up, I'm going to bring my backpipes to this event and, and like a company, David Barry. Okay, pure enthusiasm. But you know, I was just thinking about this while listening to this clip about how cool it must be for people who are in David's position that get to act in this role sure. where there's this whole epic universe that is not necessarily what you're going to be. You're portraying just this minute part. So usually actors in shows or movies, that is it. There might be fan fiction out there, but there's nothing necessarily always put down by this author. But people who get to do works like this that are based upon extraordinarily huge series, it must be so awesome in their off time, in their droughtlander, to sit in a hammock and be like, what do I do next? Right. It's kind of like Harry Potter. Uh, you know, like when uh, it's like I liken uh, Lord John Gray to like Remus Lupin. You know, like he, he plays an important role, but he's going to weave in and out of the story. It's, at least that's what it feels like to me. Like he's not Jamie and Claire. He's not Harry. Right. He's not Harry. He's not Jamie and Claire, but he's he plays an important role in terms of Jamie and Claire, or in this case for Remus Lupin, for, for Harry. Like, I feel like Remus is too low of a character, Blake. Really? How about Sirius Black? Okay, I'll stand up more for that. Okay, you'll co-sign? Yeah, family. <laughs> uh, so I I feel like, yes, you're right, being able to to take a step back and find... <laughs> <laughs> we've we've brought in like six different. I know, and I know. things in this, and interview. it's like so funny because you don't really know that much. So I'm just like, sure. No, yeah, but I'm just saying that's the no, way I that I feel. It. You I know, like I, 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 the the general feeling I get about the character without reading the book and without seeing the next season or whatever. That's I feel like he's going to weave in and out of. I think uh, you will enjoy story. reading. I think you do need to read the Lord John Gray series well, at some point. At well, some point, um. Maybe. I think you'd enjoy Maybe. it. Maybe. Uh, so, but being able to take a step back and see his role within this larger universe is important. And I and I guess what I want to know from you, specifically because I haven't read the books and because we're, we're, in a, we're, we're in a space where the show has yet to reach season four and his role, potential role in season four, what did you think about uh, David Barry and his portrayal of... Lord John Gray and how it actually translated from the book in season three, you know, to the show. Did did you find that he did did the character justice, or did you think what what did you think about the was the character like too much or too little in the book, and did did they have a good even translation in the show? I mean, <sighs> did you think he was a better character in the show, or was he better in the book? I enjoyed seeing 
Lord John Gray on screen. I yep. think he was a character that I had um, a little difficulty with because I was on Claire's side. And when someone comes creep on my oh, man, okay, I, I don't really like see that person necessarily in the light that I would like to. I, it's weird because when you read these books, if you read the books ahead of time, you visualized the characters in a little bit of a different way. So then to meet this Lord John Gray, I was like, oh, oh, right. Okay. I like, see it. Like, and it's not that he was bad. I mean, as you got to see, he's a, he's an amazing character. He's an amazing man. So I felt good about him. But yep. I feel like now with David Barry as Lord John Gray, mm-hmm. I feel a lot better. And I've also let down my stay away from my man. <laughs> kind of, you know? Do you want to know why? I'll why? tell you why you feel that way. Why? Because he was sincere. Oh. I told you. I, I I'm bringing it today. Well, what do I always say about about um, cover your children's ears, bitches? <laughs> bitches be crazy. Okay, they come after your man. <laughs> they come after your man. It's not your man you have to worry about. It's the the crazy bitch. Shh. Okay, the you children already, can you, listen now. You, the children can listen now. Earmuffs off. Earmuffs off. But um, you know, like once once that all began, I was like. <laughs> Now I'm okay. So you liked him better in the show than you did in the book. I liked him better in the show, but also that's because I've got to know him through the books better. So, yeah. and I, I think, I don't know. No, it makes sense because, you know, having read the first book of Outlander now, I'll say that Blackjack Randall, in my case, uh, is nowhere near the character that he is in the show that, than what he is in the book. Yeah. And I, I, I like the villain a lot more in the show. And even Frank himself. Because of Tobias Menzies and how he played it, and the way that even that it was, the way that it was written, a much much better character, mm-hmm. much much more uh, sincere. There you mm-hmm. go again, and much See? more relatable. Uh, because I mean, Lord John Gray is is amazing. Right. He's an amazing character, but I'm just saying that David Barry helped me love Lord John Gray, like love him. Right. I know, like I, love him without the chip on my shoulder, because I had that little chip. Wait, were you like when they have the conversation? Were you like Claire and and, and Lord John Gray? Were you were like, dude, f that guy. No thanks. Oh, when I read the when book? you read the book, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like no matter what, like I screw. <laughs> All I thought about was that girl that was hitting on you while you were playing softball when we were dating. Oh my and I was goodness. Like, we're never going to be friends. And here she is, 10 years later, has two babies and married and I'm still like mm, still still don't, don't want to be friends. I'm not inviting her over for dinner. <laughs> not making her shepherd's pie. All right, we're going to take a quick <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of the two things I can make. Let's be real. I can make shepherd's pie and tacos. tacos. Oh, and that chicken dish. The chicken artichoke dish. That's it. <laughs> you can bake pretty good too. Not making her anything. <laughs> All right, let's. We're gonna take a quick break to uh, talk about our tourist. talk about our spots. Would you quit? Would you quit messing with me in the advertisement here? I don't. I don't forget. We man. got sponsors to take care of. I don't, it's the Scott in me. <laughs> I don't forget. So we wanted to remind you guys that this episode is actually brought to you by Shutter, which is essentially what they would equate to the Netflix for horror films. Now, for those of you who are out there that do love horror, this is just 
an amazing thing because it has, well, first of all, it's only $4.99 a month, and it has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment and films and television shows on God's green earth. And I'm telling you, it's not just about horror, even though that is the, the, the phrase the that, they, that, that, that they use. It's about thrillers and, horror, and horrors, but it's suspense, and everything is added weekly. And I will tell you, too, that you know how sometimes when you go to you know those other streaming apps, it's just they have like advertisements everywhere. Yes. It's just cluttered and boxes, and you can't tell where you're looking and where you're going. This is very simple. It's very easy to look at. Ad-free. And it's ad-free. And it offers original films and series, horror classics and and, and, and hits. And it's on any device you can think of. iPhone. iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, which we got. The Xbox One, which we have. Fire, uh, The Fire TV, Chromecast. Android. Anything. Roku. Anything you could think of. And, and I have to say... I love horror. I love thrillers, whether it's paranormal or whatever. And I've always challenged you guys to go out and see different things and use different opportunities to watch, to exercise your brain, right, when it comes when it comes to actually uh, watching films. Because, you know, it's important to, to exercise your brain, that muscle. For me, when I first watched my first real horror film, it was Hellraiser. And I was terrified. <laughs> You know, Pinhead and the whole thing. Yeah. And when I had got a chance to actually see that Hellraiser was on Shutter, I wanted to go back and relive that for some reason. So I watched it, and it was just as scary as I remembered. You know, I can't really watch this genre that much because <laughs> back when I was six, I watched this really scary movie with this man that steals babies and gives them to goblins. It's David Bowie in the Labyrinth. <laughs> Maybe that's not really scary to all of you, but I was only six. That's on Shudder. So if you want to relive the Labyrinth, you my can. childhood nightmare. That's right. <laughs> you can also see that. But you know, with uh, Halloween coming up soon, relatively soon, and getting into horror season and getting into thriller season, like even going back and just recognizing all the Halloween films and yeah. all the old and it goes from all these great like slasher fl- flicks yeah. to like camp and like you know like really B movie stuff all the way to like the movie Pie that mm-hmm. was just out by Darren Aronofsky so please go to Shudder and uh, and so remember try Shudder for three, uh, free for 30 days go to S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com slash podcast and use the promo code OutlanderCast. Remember to get Shutter free for 30 days. So I'm really excited that you are beginning to have this crush, this man crush on David Barry. Because, it's coming. You know, it's coming. And one of the reasons that you were saying that you enjoy these other actors that you really appreciate so much is because you've seen them for so long mm-hmm. and um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to this character I'm going to keep things spoiler free since that's how we keep things on this right. podcast Correct. but um, if Lord John Gray continues for a long time <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you're going to be pretty happy I that, think you're going to be good. pretty happy I mean, we all know he's going to be in season three. It is, I mean, season yeah, four. four sorry, season four. He's going to be in it. He's already been confirmed for, for the cast. He's going to be in it. So I, 
I look forward to seeing what, what he has to offer. And I think that is important because one of the questions that was asked of him was Sam Hewen actually let it out that he that David David Barry actually wrote a letter to him to Sam Hewen as Jamie while he David Barry was in character. Oh my god, you just get so confusing. <laughs> okay, David Barry wrote a letter to Sam Hewen in character as Lord John Gray to, Jamie. to the character of Jamie. Correct. That's that's how it went. There you go. So we <laughs> <laughs> he was asked if he could tell us his thought process there and a couple like, of things. Like, just imagine that. Just imagine that. Just imagine Sam showing up, gets this letter to Jamie. And hey, Jamie. And then Jamie, he reads it. I know, I it's know. it's from Lord John Gray. So he... A fictional character. He, but he's like down with it because he's like, <laughs> I live in this fictional world too. And then he reads it, hopefully by candlelight so it's more authentic. <laughs> are you going to let me get to the... Uh, t- are you just going to keep <laughs> fantasizing? I wonder, like, ugh, okay, continue. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like imagining this entire fictional All right, process. Cal- calm down. Cal- you're, you're turning red. Okay, <laughs> I see these little beads of sweat coming off your forehead. All I right. wonder if Lord John Gray. I wonder if David wrote it with like a quill. <laughs> did he have like a bic in, in number like, seven? Or did he write it on parchment? <laughs> did he make the parchment himself? <laughs> okay. All right. We're gonna play the sound. All right. So remember, he wrote this letter. And they wanted to know his process. And, Did he use uh, the print shop? And if there was something that, that he, was on set, a couple of things that he may have been able to include in the letter. I can't tell you the content of the letter because, okay. um, uh, but I can tell you, uh, yeah, I wrote a letter to Sam. Uh, hopefully, he wasn't too weirded out by it. <laughs> but uh, it's part of my process. I like to. Um, yeah, I've written letters. To, I've written letters to someone else in the cast as well. Whether or not they tell you, that's another story. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, uh, but um, I think well, Lord John and, and Jamie surely keep in contact somehow mm-hmm. because he's got his his son, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think um, it only helps to like you know build the the um, the story that you see on the screen. So hopefully, hopefully it wasn't a waste of time. No, it was great. <laughs> it was great. That sounds great. In my imagining of Sam Hewen reading this by candlelight makes it even greater. <laughs> See, I'm going to hold off my speculation for the next question, but I, I kind of love this stuff, like Robert De Niro being like in character the whole time, or like uh, Tobias Menzies does this. Yeah, Tobias Menzies being in character. He's just a jerk when he's blackjack. And why? Why wouldn't you want to be right? Uh, uh, I think you know Daniel Day Lewis. Being in like as like the butcher in the Gangs of New York, just totally being in character all the time. I wonder if he like drank tea while he wrote it. I wonder if he had like music playing. Right. So there's even there's <laughs> even like a, a famous story of Jared Leto when he was filming Suicide Squad. Okay. He sent like dead rats because he was the Joker and he yes. was sending it to his castmates. Ew. He was sending dead rats That's and gross. like condoms and like all these random things to his castmates. So this is like a normal thing So this that is a normal thing that some people do, do that like that are into it. And David Barry sending a nice letter is probably the most mild of the things that he could have done compared I, to other people. I would say so. And, and I love hearing stories like this because I'm not an actor and I have no idea what it's, what it's like being an actor, how to get those and conjure those emotions up as you're you know as you're either preparing for a role or as you're performing in front of a camera i can tell you 
I wouldn't be able to do it. My guess, well, my question to you is, what did he write, do you think? While he's listening to his phonograph by candlelight, <sighs> writing with a quill on the parchment that he made. First off, I don't think it was a first draft that got sent out. I think he probably had four drafts sent out because I picture him <laughs> writing it in pen or quill or something like that. Not pencil, mm-hmm. not on a laptop. No. This is a handwritten no, thing. Handwritten. Right? Not not on lined paper either. Mm-hmm. This is like legit like vellum. Yeah. And like possibly a couple of beads of sweat dropped off. Sure, why not? Maybe a tear. Maybe a tear. Why not? That's what I'm picturing. Because he's because he's into him. He's into Sam. And like Well, he's not he's into Jamie, not Sam. Yeah. But like and he wouldn't have he would not have sent one with like something scratched out or something accidentally misspelled or oh, something. No, no, so no. he would have like crumpled that one up and then got another one and then added a little flourish to it and then be like, Oh my god, that's so stupid and crumpled it up and then did another one, had another glass of tea, possibly with some wine, got a little soppy, crumpled it up, did the fourth, but in that one So tears. basically you're saying he's like a sixteen year old girl writing a text message to a boy she likes. Or how about Blake Larson writing me a courtship letter? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Sixteen-year-old girl. <laughs> I, I. Who run the world? And another, another Girls. thing. I, that's true. I, I, we, anytime in our house, anytime I, it, the kids ask, you know, to do something, I always no, say, I'm gotta just, talk to the boss. Just saying, you're more emotional than me. Oh, of course I am. I'm Pisces. You're a Taurus. That's how it works. <laughs> we all know that. Um, okay. What I want. Hold on. What I want to know is who else did he write to? That's the real question. You want? I have a guess, but I would love to hear your guess. I first. can't say my guess. Okay. My guess is spoilerific. Okay. My other guess, I have two guesses. Okay. The first guess, I'm just going to come out and say it, and I'll say we'll talk about it. Well, no, I'll say this. The first guess is um, Jamie's son. William. William. That's my first guess. Um, because I think he's going to be playing a role in this next season. Um, my second guess, I'm just going to say it, and then I'm going to drop the mic and we're going to talk about it after the next question. Okay? I think he wrote a letter to Bree. So. Hmm. That's my next, that's my next uh, guess. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so then, you know, you think about the character. <laughs> interesting. You think about the character of Lord John Gray and the char- you know, the different traits that come to mind. And so... This was the question that was asked. What are three main traits that he wanted to portray of Lord John Gray the most? I don't know about three. I can just rattle some off the top of my head. I think his humanity is definitely his sense of humor and his compassion. Okay. Oh, that's three. There we go. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, David, and thank you, Angela. Oh my God, look at him being so efficient. I know, right? The bagpiper was back, because in that previous question, did you hear the bagpipe? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like, I blew it, man. Sorry, it's I went too, it too fast, too fast. So, so okay, so uh, you know what I think it's time for? Well, yeah, this is it's absolutely the right time for this. Are you ready? You bet. It's outlandish theory time. Bring it on. Now, now I know you're going to have to stare at your computer screen while I say yes. all this. I did mention that I think he wrote a letter to to Brianna, who would be Sophie Skelton. Uh, and I say that because, number one, I know, we all know that Lord John Gray is going to be in the next season. And I do have an outlandish theory. I don't theory. know if everyone knows that, Blake, but you just let the cat out of the bag. Well, I mean, it's it's... 
I, I, I think it's, pub, it's public knowledge. It, that's not something that is spoilerific. That's public knowledge. Fine. Um, Sorry if that spoiled it for anybody. My my outlandish theory of the week is that Bree ends up in season four, and not in Boston, but back in time in Scotland, or or you know, or in the Americas. And I say that because there's no way they're going to have Roger and Bree just chatting and walking around Boston, Boston looking at old letters. Boston cream pie. There's no way to have in that. Well, her mom told her not to get fat and uh, <laughs> she can't just eat Boston cream pies all day. So, Who and, does that? And I, and I also think Don't that Roger's fat. going back too, by the way, because they both got the DNA. <laughs> they both got the DNA to go just back. Just into the bus. Yes, you did. And... You know, Lord John Gray is an important character, and how he gets back into the Fraser's life, I think, I tried to think of the most soapy thing I could ever think of. Bring it. Which is, one, his wife finds out, Lord John Gray's wife finds out about his love of um, of, of Jamie, and she kicks him out. And he doesn't know where to go, and he finds out that both Jamie and Claire and everybody are in the Americas, and he's going to take... Jamie's son to him to uh, fulfill uh, that role because he can't do it anymore. Or perhaps maybe Lord John Gray's wife dies and he doesn't have a life anymore. Maybe he gives up uh, his life as a a British military officer and decides, I got nothing else to go. I got nowhere else to nowhere else to be. I want to be with Jamie, the person that I love, and be a part of that that family of misfits that we talked about. Menage a trois. So, hey, maybe he's hoping. Voulez-vous you, coucher? You never know. But I, I feel like that's what's going to happen. What does that even mean, voulez-vous coucher? I couldn't tell you. Um, but in the meantime, <laughs> as important of a role as William is going to play, in my opinion, in when Lord John Gray drops him off in the Americas, I do think that Brie is coming back. And I think that she is going to play a major role in not just Claire's life and and in Jamie's life, but I think Bree and Roger are going to be taking a much larger role within the story. And it's going to be almost like um, passing the torch. This is going to be the beginning of passing the torch off to the younger generation. And I think the key for Lord John Gray is Bree. Somehow, some way, these two are going to be connected. I don't know how yet. Um, maybe he needs Bree. I'm not sure yet. I, this is a, this isn't take development, but I think that's how he's going to end up being in season four. He's going to come back because his wife either dies or kicks him out, and he's going to have a, some kind of um, some kind of relation, re, important relationship with Bree. That's my that's my guess. What do you think about that? Interesting. <laughs> because I can't see any other way to get the guy back. It has to be soapy because it is what it is. And and it ha- it has to get him back into the Americas. And the only way he's going to leave Jamaica or England is if he has nothing left. So either his wife kicks him out or the wife dies. That That's the only thing. And it might be because of William. I mean, who knows? Uh, and, I, and I think that William's going to be playing a large role in season four as well. Can you so, listen to David Perry sing? That was the surprise. Thank you very much. <laughs> My love, are you Thank ready you. to close this award-winning podcast, this uh, Oscar-nominated podcast out? 
Yes. All right. Let's uh, let's let's get it done. Your dream of be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, manly, deep, I will be strong, I will be faithful, doesn't count so yes, this is David Barry singing, and yes, he's actually at the event singing with his one of his good friends, Matt Copley, who was a musician friend of David Barry's from Australia. And actually, David went to college with this guy as a music major and spent several years singing for an Australian band before he became a big-time actor. Big time. So, on Outlander. So uh, I, I think that this is just a, a fun little adventure for David Barry and, and for us as podcast listeners to hear him uh, sing. So if you could, please go to outlandercast.com and check out all of our great podcast episodes and articles there, including our event experience from Karen Rutledge uh, that will be coming up there. And if you get a chance, please do go to iTunes and give us a review uh, there and uh, you know a five star would be great and perhaps maybe even a written review would be also uh, advantageous you know you know it's just a way to be nice <laughs> guys we're all in this together with Droughtlander so make sure that hold you on hold on yeah Go ahead. So if you are listening to this podcast right now on a smartphone, if you could screenshot your phone and share it in your Instagram or Facebook story, it's just a really fun, hip way to let other people know about Outlander Cast's podcast. Um, yeah, that's really where I'm going at. Right there. Right there. We also want to thank all of our patrons who make all this possible, uh, including Angela. She is one of them. And we want to be able to thank them and thank all the patrons who uh, give to this podcast every single week and month and, 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 and both in support and financially and monetarily. It helps us get the babysitters that we're actually using right now. Huge shout out to Peg, Ann, Bobby, Liz, Meredith, Tina, Carolyn, Sharon, Tracy, Lisa, Sue, Keelan, Dana, Celine, Mary, Michelle, Jennifer, Heather, and Marilyn. And more. So let's, you know what, let's let uh, David Barry close out the rest of this podcast. What do you think, my darling? I think that's a brilliant idea. All right, let's do it. I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, man, lead it be too. Oh, oh. And I want to stand with you on a mountain. I want to stand with you in the sea.
I'm Mary. My name's Blake. And thank you so much for listening to Outlander Cast. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.